This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30-day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried The Alcohol Experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace and I am answering readers questions and today I have a phenomenal question. And this question is from Mariana and Mariana says, hey Annie, are there any such thing as normal drinkers? I just want to be a normal drinker. Oh, I love this question. So in order to answer this question, I think we need to back up and we need to really look at, okay, well, where does this whole idea of normal drinkers come from? And the idea, as far as my research has shown, is the idea of normal drinkers actually comes and stems from Alcoholics Anonymous. And in a letter that Dr. Silkworth wrote to Bill Wilson, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, he said that they had identified something inside, quote, alcoholics that made them different than normal drinkers. And that thing was an allergy or a manifestation of an allergy. Now, Science has come a long way since 1929, and we have pretty much definitively proved that while, yes, some people are allergic to alcohol, those people who are actually allergic to alcohol cannot drink alcohol in any quantity whatsoever, so they are certainly not the ones that we are worried about as we would traditionally define a, quote, alcoholic. And so, but this idea has persisted. And a lot of times, one of the shame-based questions that somebody asks themselves when they're exploring their own relationship with alcohol is, why can't I drink normally? Why can't I be a normal drinker? And I actually think that the alcohol industry itself has perpetuated this with, although alcohol is arguably one of the most toxic and deadly substances on the planet, and I know you might argue with me right now in your mind, say, hey, that's not true. There's a lot of research that shows that is true. Um, there was actually a study done called the margin of exposure approach where alcohol was ranked the most harmful drug on the planet by a huge margin. And so there is a lot of evidence for that. And I know it doesn't always seem that way in our society, but the science is very clear. But while that is the case, people are like, okay, well, why then is, is alcohol not you know, disclosed. I mean, you watch any TV show or, and a commercial comes on for any sort of pharmaceutical. And, you know, we've got like 20% of the commercial saying, Hey, this is going to make your life better in this way. And then we've got the rest of the commercial saying, and side effects may include blah, 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 blah. And so it begs the question that even, you know, on a bottle of Advil or something, we're going to have warnings. We're going to have side effects. We're going to have things that you need to watch out for yet on alcohol. The only thing we have is this drink responsibly. And there's been a lot of dollars and a lot of lobbying that go into that and why that's the case. But this idea of drink responsibly even implies that if you're normal, you'll be able to drink responsibly. But if you're not normal, then you won't be able to drink responsibly. And so this idea of, I just want to drink normally at its core, 
there's so much shame and there's so much blame. And one of the things that I'm so passionate about at This Naked Mind is to scientifically take a step back and say, hey, where's the, where, where is the blame? Where does it deserve to be? Does it deserve to be on the drinker where we have traditionally placed the blame? We don't have heroinism. We don't have cocaine-aholics. We don't even have cigarette-aholics. Yet we have alcoholics, which says, hey, the human being is the problem. So is that blame well-placed traditionally that there's normal drinkers and then there's problem drinkers, there's alcoholics and the human is the problem. And by the way, it's a moral failing or it's some sort of spiritual failing or some sort of psychological flaw or some sort of flaw in the individual or, and this is what the science actually supports, is it much more likely that the blame is placed on the substance you know, you're addicted to heroin because heroin is an addictive substance. You're addicted to nicotine because nicotine is an addictive substance. Guess what? You're addicted to alcohol because alcohol is an addictive substance. So if we take that frame and that context instead of the whole history we've been handed about drinking responsibly and being a normal drinker, how does that question change? Are there normal cigarette smokers? Are there normal heroin users? People that just use heroin normally? Are there normal cocaine users? Why would we even be asking this question and why would we want to be a quote normal heroin user? We wouldn't. Why do we treat alcohol so differently? Why is it that we just assume that if you can't ingest on a regular basis a toxic and addictive substance, that you, the human being, are somehow broken, that you, the human being, are somehow not normal. Oh, it breaks my heart because there's so much shame. And guess what we do with shame? We internalize it, we hide, we drink more. We don't realize that we're one of millions and millions of people all asking these same questions. We just hosted a free five-day challenge and it was all about getting back in control of alcohol post-pandemic. We had the you know, doors open for a very short amount of time. We just did one or two Facebook posts, 5,500 people joined. <laughs> there are so many people questioning their drinking and worrying that they're not normal, that they're not okay, that somehow they are the problem, that they're a moral failing, that somehow they are internalizing the shame and blame and guilt. And one of the first things we do at This Naked Mind is we put down that shame and blame and guilt and say, hey, alcohol, like every other addictive substance on the planet, and by the way, that's one thing all doctors agree upon when it comes to alcohol, that it is addictive and very, very addictive. Alcohol is the issue. It is not the human being. <laughs> and so when we can alleviate that blame and that shame, we are on the path. We take one of the first steps to really finding freedom. And there's so many people who want to do this. We have a free alcohol experiment. It's always free at alcoholexperiment.com. 250,000 people have gone through it so far. You know, it is very normal to question, should we be drinking this substance? I mean, think of it this way. You drink enough alcohol, you throw up. Why do you throw up? Why? Just, just think of it for a second. Why do you throw up? You throw up because your body is rejecting a substance that if you don't throw it up, it will kill you. You throw up as a defense mechanism to save your life. 
And then we sit there and say, wow, man, puked and rallied, good for me. Because we blame ourselves. Because if somehow we throw up or somehow we lose control, we're not normal, we're broken. We're on that fringe of society that's problematic drinkers or alcoholic drinkers. And I'm here to say that, hey, no, no, we're asking the wrong question. We should be asking the question like, should, would my life be a bit better with a little less alcohol? Would I be happier? Would I feel better? Would I sleep better? Would I be more joyful and more alive? Some people say it must have been fun because I don't even remember it. <laughs> What are we here for if it's not our memories? What are we here for if it's not real, true, authentic communication and connection with other people? And so this idea of there being normal drinkers and then the rest of us, my relationship with alcohol was long and fraught and horrible. And through most of it, I blame myself for not being normal, for not being able to drink responsibly. But I want to ask you the question of why would we want to normally consume something that can rob us of our very selves, of our self-respect, of our you know, relationships with others? Why would we want to normally do that? Why wouldn't we be asking ourselves the better question of, you know, not, not am I not normal, not am I an alcoholic, but would my life be a bit better if I didn't drink as much? So this all begs the further question of, well, why then, Annie, why then can some people just take it or leave it? Why do some people appear so normal in their relationship with alcohol? Why is it that some people can just have a drink on occasion and it's no big deal? While others of us, you know, we, we find ourselves so stuck. And there's so many reasons for this. So, so, so many reasons. And I think it's a phenomenal question, but I want to give you just some of the, the top few. And, and number one is how we drink. When we drink socially, and we drink in smaller amounts, then yeah, the addictive substances and the addictive qualities of alcohol, although they're still there, they're less pronounced. Your brain actually has a different chemical response to alcohol when you're drinking to self-medicate. But most of us, over time, we find a reason to drink when we're in pain, whether that's pain from just being stressed at work or perhaps pain from a global pandemic, perhaps pain from a marriage dissolving or from a tragedy happening. Perhaps it's just pain because you know, we just really had a relationship that didn't work out. Whatever the pain is, whatever the stress is, when we start to drink in response to pain, our relationship with alcohol does change. It becomes much more addictive. And so you see people who have had traumatic childhoods and they have their first drink at age 13 or 14 and they feel like, oh my gosh, this feels good for the first time because alcohol does numb the human brain. It numbs the human brain and the human body. In fact, it used to be something we used in surgeries in order to numb the body to be able to withstand a surgery. And now we have much safer sort of anesthetics than alcohol, but it used to be that way because it does numb us. And so when we drink for pain, that slide from what you know was occasional drinking into what's much more frequent drinking becomes quicker. So any human being, this is what I want you to get from this entire question. There isn't such thing as normal drinkers. Any human being with the right exposure in the right circumstances over time can become addicted to alcohol, can reach a place where they feel like, why, why is everything else in my life together? Why am I smart and in control in every other area? But this is the strange exception. Why can't I get back in control here? 
And if that's you, if you're questioning this, you're absolutely in the right place. I invite you to join us at the alcohol experiment, alcoholexperiment.com, or join me in the path, nakedmindpath.com. And just welcome, because it's not that you're not normal. It's that you're normal. <laughs> it's that alcohol. And this is a highly, highly disguised fact in our culture with more than $2 billion being spent on alcohol advertising. It's that alcohol itself is addictive to anyone with a brain that is anyone with blood and flesh and bones and cells. And so if you found yourself in a problematic relationship with alcohol, just want you to hear me that the first step is realizing that's not your fault. You've been doing the best you can with the tools you have, but it is your responsibility. And there is a way out that doesn't have to be painful or scary. So I hope that answers the question. Thank you. Let me ask you a question. What is better than change? Lasting change, of course. And if you've had trouble making change stick, either with alcohol or in any other area of your life, you are in for a treat. I created the 100 Days of Lasting Change to ensure that we don't just change for a moment, but we truly transform for a lifetime. And this program is so close to my heart. Thousands of people have been through it and their results are incredible. But don't take my word for it. Check it out at thisnakedmind.com forward slash 100 days. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.